Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Westman demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or whatever movies with Wesley and Iris. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I am here with my older brother. Wesley, and today we are discussing the ultimate episode in the Jurassic franchise, Jurassic World, No Time to Die in Jurassic Park, Dodson, Dodson, we've got (laughs) Dodson here. Wait, so are we confirming that is he the Dodson from the Barbasol can handoff? Yeah, didn't you see the tarnished Barbasol can on his shelf, which they somehow miraculously retrieved from under the mud at Dennis Nedry's death scene? I did see this. So he's Dodson. We've got Dodson here. See, nobody cares, Dodson? Yep, just recast <laughs> because nobody cares. See, nobody cares. <laughs> we were speculating on this, and it feels like it's important, but kind of really isn't. I thought he was just a henchman, like that they that they deploy to Costa Rica or whatever. Yeah, how dare you? He is the multi-billionaire CEO of a mega corporation, Elon Musk style. He created the new Jurassic World million acre sanctuary thing. So Biosyn. Get it? Biosyn. As in bad. <laughs> Iniquity bad. sin. Yeah. As in bad. Um, so in 93, he was just like a like an upstart competitor startup. And then he grew it into like a he like became Tim Cook and grew Biosyn into like a mega empire. I don't know. Who knows? We only saw him in his trying to blend in collared polo shirt or whatever, hanging out Fedora with and Nedry. sunglasses. You're right. Nice hat. <laughs> but, you know, what I'm saying like somehow this feels very significant, but really it's just like, oh, that's cool. It depends on how much of a fan you are of Crichton's novels. So you're saying that Dodson was like the baddie of all baddies in Crichton's novels? In The Lost World, which honestly I don't remember. I know I read that book, but The Lost World I don't remember as well. Does this mean that Biosyn got... Biosyn didn't get all of the embryos, right? The can was lost, and yet it was still retrieved, probably just simply for our our benefit. Uh, Yeah, for the callback purposes. But he got all of the dinosaurs. Did I understand correctly that Biosyn had control of all of the dinosaurs because of some like government bid or contract that they were awarded? I don't know, man. There's a new Jurassic World Park thing, some sanctuary that he set up. I was kind of unclear. This movie was a little bit all over the place. And despite it being all over the place, I was right. You mocked me in our review of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I was like, he's running around Italy or Malta or whatever. And you're like, Malta. It's totally where they were. It was 100% Malta. And I laughed out loud in the theater because of just how ironic that was. And also you called it. 
you called it on the harmony at the end. Yeah, it is kind of the only way it, it, it could be because they're out there. I don't know what the point of the biological preserve is again if they're all over the world still anyway. But it's not like we coexist like walking around with lions in our town squares and, and elephants are like hanging out with us and in the valley. Like, first of all, what kind of harmony are we really talking about here? And secondly, they can't contain these animals just a little bit. I mean, do they have to? The tri- Triptodecosaurus was roaming with the the rhinos or whatever, and the Mammagrammasaurus was chilling with the blue whales and stuff. Yeah, but where does the Gigagantagantasaurus hang out? No, the Gigawattosaurus only hangs out in the dino combat, like the arena where he fights. That's like his domain. He's like the top Pokemon in that gym chilling and he has like he's like a tag team match and his assistant is the uh the slothosaurus or whatever i mean is this totally off the rails like is there a gigaganta gigawattosaurus yeah but there's like the largest carnivore ever man has ever seen in the history of the world and i'm like no didn't you guys see jurassic park 3 i'm pretty sure the spinosaurus was bigger the Gigawattosaurus is technically like a foot or two presumed longer from the 70% skeleton that was found after Jurassic Park, the movie. It was found around 1995. It's a little bit bigger than the T-Rex, but in the world of Jurassic Park, the Spinosaurus beats it by a mile. Not quite a mile, but several feet. But it, it kind of doesn't matter. It, it depends on who the hero is, right? And she's like, it doesn't look much bigger than the Carpathia. And he's like, you can't joke about Titanic. It's 100 feet longer than Mauritania and far more luxurious. We don't care. It lo- they all look the same. When you put the Jigawattosaurus and the T-Rex next to each other, they look exactly the same, except the Jigawatt is, is meaner because it has eyebrows and like the teeth are a little bit wilder. That's how you know it's bad. It's like got multiple ro- rows of like shark teeth, whereas... Right? T-Rex just has like big, sharp, scary teeth. Yeah, because all the bad dinosaurs before are now good dinosaurs. We love the T-Rex. We want it to win the fight. And then it got like it gets like bit on the schnoz and has to walk away and nurse its wounds for a while. And then it comes back with a vengeance and, a, and an ally. The ultimate underdog. And the, even the raptors are good now. Blue is like the only raptor represented in this movie, and blue is a good raptor, and the baby blue is a good raptor. Baby blue is a good raptor and is like all happy to be, spoiler, reunited with Mama Blue at the end. But why were they so afraid of baby blue in the in the server room? Because Alan says it goes right for the neck. They don't even slash your entrails out anymore or whatever. But you don't have to be scared of baby blue because they do the, they all do the hand thing. The blue hand that, like, you know, repels the dinosaur. That's the hypnotic control hand. Right. right. And they all do it even though it doesn't do anything. Because invariably when Owen Grady does the blue hand, it's like, wait, are you offering me that? Like as as a lollipop or something? Like, are you, do you want me to bite that hand first? And it gives the dinosaur pause just in time for it to ultimately strike, just like Baby Blue was going to do, but then Owen shot it in the neck. But Baby Blue was like this showdown menace in the server room, and then when they return and reunite Baby Blue with Mama Blue, Baby Blue is like, do-do-do-do-do, like hops yeah, off. it's very convenient. The dinosaurs are only bad when we need them to be bad for dramatic purposes. Gotcha. Otherwise, right. when they're like running around Malta, and he's like, oh, whatever, I better turn left because there's a bunch of big dinosaurs here. Like the Malta scene, the motorbike scene, was the worst catastrophe like it had to rank up there with all with like san diego 
as the all-time human disasters of dinosaurs. There were dinosaurs all over the place eating people willy-nilly. Yeah. And all we cared about was escaping the... I looked them up because they're bigger and they're meaner and velociraptors are good in this one. It was the Atrociraptor. No jokes. I was wondering about that. So, because yep. when you said that blue was the only raptor represented, they were Atrosa raptors. Atrosa that were, raptors. That they were in pursuit in Malta. If if Alan Grant's Velociraptor, raptor meaning bird of prey in the Jurassic Park world, uh, Atrosa raptor is the savage bird of prey. Which is why we cheer when they get clotheslined. Yeah, which was the best stunt in the movie or the best sequence. Like, oh, how do you get nipping at your heels? How do you get away? Oh, it gets hit by a car, which I fully expected. But the clothesline thing was pretty sweet. Yeah, except that it was spoiled and in all the trailers. Oh. And also Claire Deering isn't particularly convincing in her stunt work. Mm, like, I, okay. I mean, not that the stunts were bad. It's just like, I don't see her as being the type to hang off of balconies and do like yeah. a Aikido roll fall. <laughs> right. She did that leap and you're like, whoa. And then the, the raptor did it and you're like, whoa. Ellie Sattler's a bit more convincing, but she didn't have a terrible amount of stunt work. How dare you? They had their all-female little adventure when they split up the groups for some reason. And they were going across the compound again to reset the power grid or whatever junk. And the Blue Hand group was going after Baby Blue. So you had the the all the girl power group. Get it, girl power? Oh, man, I just came up with that. No, I don't get it. Because they were messing with the power. And the Blue oh. Hand group going after baby blue and then they further separated the groups when owen ejected claire like goose style out of that plane but like there's only one ejector seat it was like the jump seat for some reason right and then he like maverick style survived an implausible plane crash he and the kayla watts character the plane sank into the water and then they were ice skating above the swimming feather raptor right who was also I mean, he was kind of like a giant turkey on ice, but then was very was steel like and water dynamic, hydrodynamic. Exactly, it's like one of those one of those water bird of prey. <laughs> it, but this is obviously because after Jurassic Park, they went even farther and they found that dinosaurs were likely covered in feathers, including the Velociraptor. They changed the colors. They gave it little feathery spines in Jurassic Park three. But here, because you know it's merchandisable and it's and it's in our popular culture and our and it's part of the zeitgeist. So you have to have the separate. I think they took the same raptor model and just added a bunch of feathers to it. Yeah, it's a fancy raptor. Yeah. And the fancier we go, kind of the sillier they look, too. It's like, whoa, terrifying peacock. And you can only go so far with the <laughs> Jurassic Park terror, you know, with that. Have a little whatever. respect. Have a little respect. Okay. So the, um, oh, oh, get it? Because peacock is universal. Oh, yeah, NBC universal. But I was, it, I was doing a quote from Jurassic Park 1 that you didn't pick up. Oh, I didn't pick up what you were laying down. So when we talked about Jurassic World, I wanted a sort of uh, natural approach to dinosaurs and humans living in harmony. And you were like, you know what's the worst part? The Finding Dory moments where they're like transporting dinosaurs in trucks. And why do dinosaurs have to be like in human areas? How was that for an opening scene? They went right back into the bioengineering corporation trying to exploit the dinosaurs for profit. We never learn, and life always finds a way. Yep. This was the longest Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World I've ever seen. 
But they had a lot to cover and a lot of people to fit in. And we devoted like 30 minutes to the grasshoppers. <laughs> and what were these grasshoppers, pray tell? They were giant locusts that were secretly bred by the Biosyn Corporation so that Dodgson could spread his seed across the world and they wouldn't attack the genetically modified crops. And thus he could sell and them all. Uh, what's the place that uh, Gigi worked for? All Conagra style? Yeah, like that. <laughs> and so did he not anticipate the worldwide famine or was that the part of the master plan? They never anticipate that stuff. He also didn't anticipate that they would be wildly aggressive and would try to eat those small children. Although when Sattler and Grant got attacked by them, were they just kind of a nuisance? Like, I don't want bugs in my hair. Or were they going to eat them or what? Like, were they going to be swarmed to death? Well, I think that they had a couple cuts on them, but Man. they weren't a menacing otherwise. Did, no, did they, they not were. anticipate that they would be flame resistant, fire right? resistant? <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> I mean, because they were on fire for like a half an hour. Half an hour later, during the dino combat scene in the arena, there were still like flaming corpses floating to the ground, right? They, they, I don't know if they were floating to the ground. They were like actively flying around on fire and Just spreading on fire. fire. <laughs> I don't think Duraflame logs burn for a half. Do they burn for a half an hour as long as those grasshoppers did? I mean, there was there had to be enough to burn, but also enough to not be consumed. Do you know that flammable and inflammable mean this exact same thing? Yep, I did know that. Sorry to burst your bubble. To our listeners, did you know that flammable <laughs> and inflammable mean the exact same thing? Jurassic World Dominion was confusing to me because there were a lot of balls in the air at one time. I wasn't really sure what Biosyn's purpose was other than GMO's bad. But what were they, what was his ultimate object was to control the crops and Henry Wu, like why was Ian Malcolm like a lecturer for Biosyn? And he said, it's like, well, the train's already off the rails. Might as well grab some grub from the dinner car before we all die or something, right? Yeah, he just needed money. It's like the lamest reason to give <laughs> Malcolm ultra high level clearance, knowing that he's like a core dissenter of this whole movement. Well, that they needed him because of the credibility that he would bring to their enterprise, right? Okay, if Ian Malcolm's involved, then then maybe they're not as, you know, unconscionable as the public might think. But you have to, basically, you have to get Ian Malcolm in there so that Dr. Sattler and Grant have an in. Absolutely, right. I'm saying it's contrary to, to Malcolm's character. Wes, it's not like this wasn't explained. He has seven kids. Seven, He's a yeah. pragmatic man. Yep, He's got his family support, so he's going to get the quick buck. But my question about Dr. Malcolm's involvement in Biosyn is if Malcolm's already in and he's got the wristbandy thing, yep. like why do Dern and, and Neil have to be the ones to retrieve the sample? Why not just send Ian Malcolm in to get the sample? Because they have to get them back into the fold for the final outing. How to get them together? I don't know, because you wanted one more shot <laughs> at Ellie Sattler, but she only had eyes for Grant. Yeah, a lot of things were confusing in this movie about Ian Malcolm's motivations. And it's just, let's get them all in the same room. And because they didn't actually meet up for like, what, 45 minutes? Uh, Well, because we had to have the reunion between Sattler and Grant to establish that Sattler was a mom, but now available. And that Grant was always available and like lonely. 
Yeah. Hey, did you get the sense in Jurassic World Dominion that maybe Grant and Sattler had some kind of romantic interest? Did you get any inklings of like romantic tension? Uh, I mean, wasn't that the whole, the whole point? It was pretty heavy handed, don't you think? <laughs> He was like all mopey and awkward and like hiding the fact that he still had their picture on his footlocker. Weren't they like covered in grasshopper juice or whatever? And there was like, maybe they're going to smooch on the floor or something. Well, yeah. Well, they just once you survive a traumatic event, then you smooch. But you have to caveat that relationships that are born out of that don't survive. Yeah, like speed. But then also she like had his head on the on his chest in the helicopter and stuff. Yeah, but then they had to wake up and be embarrassed about that, right? I mean, he was totally into it, but she was kind of pseudo-embarrassed. Yeah. The smooch was inevitable, but it was like the end of Friends and they got to get together because who knows if we'll see them again. You know what was heavy-handed? Well, there was two other things that were pretty heavy-handed. Was it the bad guy hair? You can tell the bad guys because they all have that, like, greasy hair in their face. Was the Henry Wu hair bad guy hair? No. The Henry Wu hair, that was Asian hair. That was just Asian hipster yeah. hair? It's got to be stringy and kind of wavy and like sweaty and in your face. And okay. his was just kind of feathered over the years. It, he had some good salt and pepper going and was rocking the cable knit sweater. Yeah. But Dr. Wu, that's pretty heavy handed. And then, whoa, let's talk about the Muppet Cantina. <laughs> yeah, it was basically Star Wars there for a bit. Just the dinosaurs? <laughs> Weren't they like, he, they were like, they were like training baby dinosaurs to perform and stuff? The Muppet I mean, Cantina. I, I think that there were a couple of dinosaur puppets in that scene. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, that scene notwithstanding, I'm hoping that's not the case, but Dominion had arguably the most animatronic and puppeted dinosaurs, like physical, practical dinosaurs since Jurassic Park. And I was happy about that. A lot of the time, the dinosaurs had real weight and substance, and they didn't feel CG like the raptors in the motorbike chase or whatever. And baby dinosaurs always look dumb. I mean, they're supposed to be, they're baby, but they were also supposed to be like weird genetically modified hybrids and like alien dinosaurs. Isn't the one that Grady comes face to face with supposed to be like a, like a mutant that he's like, ooh, what's that? No, I think that was like, hey, just a reminder, we're being scientifically accurate and thus there are feather dinosaurs. It was like a downy dinosaur. It had like goose down or whatever. No, I'm talking about the Buddha baby dinosaur that was kind of like rolly. And had like a smart face. A small. <laughs> like an intelligent humanoid kind of dinosaur face. We should have a show of humanoid dinosaurs with a baby dinosaur maybe. Like Is where that... all the actors are. It's like a sitcom, family sitcom where everyone's wearing dinosaur outfits. We should do that. I'm trying to think of what this show might be. You don't remember that dinosaur show? No. With the baby dinosaur in the diaper. And it was just like, honey, I'm home. But he's a triceratops. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, man, you're young. You're not talking about Alf, right? He was an alien, you know. No, it was dinosaurs. It was like a mid-90s sitcom show. Hang on. It was called Dinosaurs? A little uh -huh. on the nose. Oh, my God. That, oh, my God. Totally off your radar, and I just brought it back? Well, no, I remember the grandma, now that you mention it. But the baby that, I'm looking at a picture where the there's a baby dinosaur Riding on the back of grandma's like armchair or wheelchair or whatever she's yeah. in. And that baby is the dinosaur <laughs> that Man. Owen Grady comes face to face with in the chicken fight ring. Man, talking about bringing back all the original characters. All the 90s uh, Jurassic Park characters, man. 
They even brought the baby from dinosaurs back. <laughs> I have no idea what was happening. It was all spread out all over the place. I seriously cut a cut 45 minutes out of this and made it really tight. I mean, there were some moments that I found that were entertaining. I thought the raptor chase was cool and it harkened back to the original raptor chase that they never really played up from the jurassic park book which was riding a dirt bike or a motorbike through the bones there was like a dinosaur graveyard and there were huge bones arching up into the sky and they were being chased by raptors on a motorbike and we never quite got that jurassic world doesn't really count and this kind of gave it to us running you know through uh the city streets and that was a really long extended chase and i felt it a little bit not quite the jigawatosaurus because it was kind of dumb and just kind of like scary but the dilophosaurus i was surprised i kind of got chills because if you're a fan of the first one you instantly know that little chirp and you're like oh man claire's in trouble oh they had a lot of play in this because not only did they have the Claire moment, but then they're the ones that get to get Tim Cook. Right. It was almost like they felt like Colin Trevorrow, the director, was like, no, we got to establish it before you really sell it. They can't just pop out of nowhere or whatever. And so uh, they had the setup to Lafasora where you thought it was going to get Claire and you hear the noise and you're like, oh, my God, I remember that one because of how traumatized we were from 1993. But then it's like the the Owen does the T-Rex coming from out of nowhere out of frame and like chokes it to death or something. And then... <laughs> This is another movie where Chris Pratt comes swooping out from off from out of frame and like attacks a monster. From off. Yeah, he doesn't say, hey, don't worry, Claire, I'm right here. He just waits to the last moment to. He grabs it and tears its waddle out. And then they did it again for the for the Dodgson death, just like they did. Oh, here it comes. The T-Rex showdown that we've seen multiple times where it gets bitten on the schnoz and then comes back in the end with a buddy. Like, there were too many setups, and I would have cut some of this extraneous stuff. We especially didn't need the Dilophosaurus setup because, of course, Dodson is going to go down in a Nedry fashion. Yep. That's how you get justice. Right. 30 years later. And everybody made that connection, right? <laughs> like, you'd think that he would know that it's a venom-spitting dinosaur. Like, yeah, don't he... you cover your face and your orifices and, like, put your back to a Dilophosaurus? Yeah, I got to say, though, too, just like where it spits venom at its prey, like blinding and incapacitating, it's kind of ineffectual at that. I think they hit him three times before they got his eyes. Like, how venomous is it if it's, like, on his cheek? Are you talking about Nedry or are you talking about Dodson? Talking about both. The first spit to Nedry was, like, on his jacket, and then mm. Dodson got three spits. Do you think that Wu should have died? Um, I think he would have. it would have been good for him to have died for his sins because he's responsible for everything that's happened in the entirety of the Jurassic Park franchise. Be it ill or good, you know, Hammond had the idea, but Wu was the original geneticist. Well, he had to make the locusts the wrong of the locusts right. Right. And, and that was the wrong he, he was talking about. I need to wrong a right that I committed. It's like, well, what about the one from 30 years ago? People died, Henry. What about um, Soyana Santos in her, which her little Jedi outfit, by the way, is what totally sold the Muppet Cantina. But <sighs> did she die? I have no idea. Was she the blonde one who, when the gunfire went off, she just kind of walked away in her high heels? Yeah. I have no idea what happened to her. So I think that Santos gets arrested by Lupin. But for some reason, Jedi Santos or Sith Santos or whatever puts the little laser guy on Chris Pratt instead of yeah. the dude who's holding her at gunpoint. 
right? As opposed to the one who's about to capture her. Exactly. Well, we need, it was way cooler. We needed the chase. We needed the chase, I guess. But also we needed, I mean, maybe I'm just like in Star Wars world, but wasn't Kayla Watt, the Kayla Watts pilot character basically Lando Calrissian? Sure. I mean, look, they were like, what do we got, guys? Let's plumb the uh, the vault. It's all, well, actually, no, this is universal. But I keep thinking because Chris Pratt is part of Marvel, I keep thinking this is all Disney. It's not. No, this is Universal's like biggest franchise, I guess, yeah, next you, to Fast. But it's still produced by, executive produced by Steven Spielberg, who's best buds with George Lucas. It's easy to make that mistake. You know, I hear you. But whoa, I think this uh, discussion is probably as all over the place as is Jurassic World Dominion. It's real, I mean, I tried to pay close attention and I tried to take detailed notes. And then I kind of stopped caring out of frustration. Like, I appreciated that there was some level of intrigue and you had the uh, the double agents and stuff. And it was kind of, it was just if James Bond did a bioengineering kind of thing, which they kind of did in the last one. The Kayla Watts character and the Ramsey Cole character, they were both uh, instrumental in in changing things up and, and adding new characters or whatever. Neither of them died, so that's good. And she got her plane back. So Wes is all right in the world Jurassic World. Look, the more I hear that Dominion is going to kind of wrap up everything, the less I believe it. I just can't see it. There's so much more opportunity to do Cretaceous World or whatever it is they want to do moving forward. I just don't see this being the end. Like, Maisie Lockwood was instrumental in this movie, and we didn't talk about her at all because there were so many stories going on, and I didn't care. It's true. Like, it's true. I like the fact that there were more animatronics. This felt more real than most of the other Jurassic Park movies, probably since the first one, even if the dinosaurs are just cartoonishly scary and have deeper set eyes and ridges and bumps that make them look like, you know, like the Batman mask is always made to look angry. The bad dinosaurs looked ugly and scary. But you know how I feel about practical effects. Sure, you like them. But I don't know that it matters. I'm ready to put this franchise to rest and not think about it for a little while. I'm glad I saw it, but my attention wandered a little bit. And so given that you've been saying I've been giving just a, like a wealth of positive reviews to bad movies, I'm going to have to put this one under the line, I'm so sorry to say. Yes, there were some cool parts to it, and that's kind of it. I'm going to almost immediately forget about 90% of this movie. I'm going to give it a whatever rating. It's whatever. Wow. Jurassic whatever Dominion. Yeah. <laughs> that is Wes's official rating. Because this was essentially Godzilla versus Kong, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to go with a good and maybe I'll have to explain and justify myself later. But in the meantime, that's our discussion on Jurassic World Dominion. I likewise do not think this is the end, but that we will start up an entirely new storyline a la The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, set in the same world that we already know and love. But time will tell, and life will find a way in whatever the next iteration of the Jurassic franchise we see. Thank you for listening to our review. Please subscribe to our podcast. Please, if you're so inclined, give us a five-star rating. Follow us on social media at or whatever movies or contact us at or whatever movies at gmail.com 818-835-0473. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. For the next do, Jurassic do, movie do, installation. Do, 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 nope, they never played that theme. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the set? No, that's just my 
My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there. Electric Cast.